1: Live from Estopan All-In.
2: It's the Vamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville.
3: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the Vamos Morados Podcast. This is going to be our racing recap special. We didn't name it beforehand; I just kind of came up with that on the fly. My name's Benton. You got Zach here as well. and we got a few special guests. Who wants to start us off? Special guests. Don't be shy.
4: I think you should call us. All right. I was like, I can step up and go if that's fun. I'm Casey Whitfield. So happy to be here.
3: Y'all know Casey from her work on Soccer City Radio, calling the games um, on the radio. Fantastic work. I'm glad uh, we were able to get her booked and joining us today, talking about racing. Becky, I heard you chime in as well say hi. To I'm,
5: I'm Becky Morgan. I cover racing for a uh, beautiful game network.
3: And last but not least, we got us a new special guest. Tom, I don't believe you've been on a podcast before. Introduce yourself.
2: No, this is my first time on a podcast and uh, I am Tom Benson. I am a racing super fan and I'm uh, just really excited to be on here and uh, talk about my favorite team racing.
3: If I'm not mistaken, you're quite active in the, in the Lavender Legion, Legion chat, providing a, quite a bit of comedic relief. <laughs> you know, the great thing about the Lavender Legion chat, and anybody that is
2: uh, listening to this that is not a member of the Lavender Legion, I would encourage you to join. Uh, because you can post just about anything on there, uh, off-the-cuff comments jokes, sarcastic comments, uh, dad jokes, and really it is a very accepting group. Nobody is going to judge you. The worst that you get is that nobody responds to you, but that happens anyway with most of my jokes. So it's (laughs) it's a lot of fun. It's a great group of people, and like I said, I'm I'm excited to be here.
3: I'll make sure to drop some more emojis on your comments so you don't feel so lonely in there. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right, well, let's get right to it. The purpose of today is we want to go ahead and we want to Take a look in the rearview mirror and just kind of fully capture season one of racing Louisville. What went well? What didn't? What met expectations? What didn't? Obviously, there were uh, there's quite a bit to talk about. It was a, it was an eventful season, but some stuff happened this year. Some, some stuff happened for sure. So why don't we go ahead, um around the horn? We can go in the same order. You guys introduce yourselves, and I want to get you guys just kind of initial thoughts overall on racing season, and why don't you guys assign a letter grade to it? How you guys think it went holistically
4: so the teacher and me had really fun thinking about what letter grade to give them (laughs) because i mean it's always fun giving grades but i would give racing a b for this season and the reason i would give a b is because i overall think it was a really great season they really exceeded some expectations that i had for the inaugural season but then there were some few slip ups some lulls there in the middle of the season where you know i was beginning to question like are we going to be able to get out of this slump? Are we going to win another game? Are we going to even be able to put something together? And then at the end, they really turned it back on and finished strong. And so I couldn't give it an A, but I think a B, a solid B is what I would give racing this season.
5: Yeah, I I, I would give the same grade, honestly. And I tried to think about this through a bunch of different metrics and honestly, with everything they went through with the league, with the coaching change and everything like that, on top of, you know, having a harder expansion draft than the current teams are are having in terms of having accessible starters. I said back when they first played Orlando in the summer that if they just meet or beat the points record for the season I'm going to be satisfied and take that as a win with all things considered and then that became even more so when you know more drama happened towards the end of the season and they they did that and they exceeded that Um, even though they didn't get the you know beat the win percentage you know Orlando beat them by like half a percentage point or something like that I, I still think that all things considered they did well and they especially came together really well at the end and ended the season on an upswing, as opposed to just you know falling. So I, I don't think you can give them really anything but a B, honestly.
3: And you're setting Tom up for failure if he doesn't pick a B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely. know. But, uh, I know the pressure's
2: on, and I'll, I'll uh, recap a little bit of what what Casey and Becky said. And and you know this was my first season following the NWSL, and one thing that really was evident to me week in and week out is that this is just a goddamn tough league. I mean, it's amazing. The players week in and week out are awesome. There are no easy games. You go to just about any other professional league, uh, NFL, NBA, WNBA. There are some weeks where you're like, uh, you you expect to get a win because the, the competition isn't so great. That's not the case this time. And, you know, so I would say that, that you know, as, as Casey said, looking back on this season, I'm giving them an A. I mean, like Becky had mentioned, that the, the, the points total, that is not a small thing. I mean, and that team that Orlando had the original uh, points total with, uh, the total, uh, the record with, they had Marta, they had Alex Morgan, they had some bona fide superstars, and here's our team, coming in and matching that with our team now do I think that we're going to eventually have some we're going to look back and say like yes Emily Fox is a superstar Ebony Salmon is a superstar yes but as an unknown quantity coming into this league god I think we were going to get I think we're in a but you cannot you know we can't look past he who must not be named the former coach and That was an an unforced error with the team. And I would say the results on the field, I would look to give this team an A. Um, But when you look at the organization as a whole, uh, I think that the the coaching change mid-season drops us down to a B. It's a great grade, uh, something to be proud of. Um, So I end up going five minutes to agree with Becky and Casey. (laughs)
3: You, you brought up some really uh, really good points there. And again, like, like you said, I mean, it's no small feat to do it to do what they did points wise. Like we always like the people were realistic about new year one was always gonna be really challenging.
5: Yeah, if I mean, if they have a performance like this next year, it's definitely not going to be a B. Like if they go through the like if, if everything is mimicked exactly, like let's say you just copy and paste this next year definitely much lower grades than a B. I mean, they're, they're being graded on a bell curve because it was inaugural season and because there were issues, you know, first seasons are getting your growing pains out. Second seasons, I mean, even with a new coach starting and a a significant amount of new players, you know, we are still in roster building. Even so they, they need to do better. There have been relationships built. There's been some chemistry. There's a baseline like this. I, I expect them to do better.
1: It is extremely hard to be an expansion team. I think I was looking up before the season started last year through like all of the major American sports. It's been since like the 1970s that an, an expansion team in any of the major leagues has had a winning record. So I think you get a big curve to grade on for the first season. But I think the further we get from that, the the more that curve goes away.
3: I think the the grace period kind of goes away after that. After year one, after that, you're kind of in the deep end at that point. So, um, I guess before we kind of dive into some other things, I kind of want to get all your guys' thoughts on the initial roster construction. We get the benefit of hindsight bias, but the job that did they did to get this this team put together and all the picks that they used, trades, whatnot. Like, what what are you guys' perceptions on that? Happen, you know, satisfied, dissatisfied, mixed feelings?
4: I mean, I think for me, I was pretty happy with it overall looking back because we were in a really sticky situation where they got to protect so many players. So we were essentially picking from those team subs and those teams' players that don't get as many minutes as the starters because they got to protect all their starters. So it's really, really tough to be able to pick a – top tier roster when you picking from people's subs and the players that they might not want. And so I think given those circumstances, I'm very pleased with the players that we did pick up. I think they were hardworking. They had a lot of heart. They knew what was expected of them and really wanted to prove something and prove that they belonged in this league. And so overall, we did the best with what we had.
5: Yeah, I agree with with everything Casey says. I, for the most part, I would say that we did a very, very good job. I mean, there were some stupendous picks like CC Um, I, I mean, I'm an unapologetic Fox fan. I know a lot of people are now saying, "Well, we should have gotten Trinity Rodman, and then you know that's we everything would have been better." But uh, Fox is what we needed, and who we needed in a defensive position more than anything. She was able to come out as a solid player and play like a pro immediately. And that was not known that Trinity Rodman would be able to do that because she had only played at like high school and youth club levels. So I think we did a great job in a lot of ways, but I also think that we really blew some things, honestly. I mean, I, Kristen Press worked out really well, and I think that was a smart pick. I think Tobin Heath has been proven to be an absolute dud because people know she won't play many places and so you can't trade someone who won't play many places right so i i hope something will still work out there i would love nothing more than to be proven wrong but i, I think overall they did a really 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 excellent job and that they targeted on and, and got the you know the right mindset personality kind of blue collar prove themselves players but i i do think like, my goodness, if we hadn't gotten Tobin Heath and we had gotten like Lucy or Salem or you know one of the other Portland bench players, and maybe there were issues with them coming here, I'd obviously have all the background information, but that would have just deepened us so much more significantly in ways that I think could have been helpful. So with a few exceptions, I think we did a very good job.
2: So the expansion draft is tough, right? Because there are all kinds of conversations that are taking place behind the scenes between players and their agents and who wants to move and who doesn't want to move that we're not really privy to. You know, we look at a a pick like uh, Alana Ford. Becky, did I get that one right? Uh, Alana Um,
5: Ford. It's, a, it's Lana Kennedy.
2: He makes them he, together. I'm, sorry. I'm
5: sorry. I
2: apologize.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. He into one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> one so super, super Australian player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. We should have taken her. Um, you look at somebody like that, whereas, you know, from a layman's point of view, I'm like, well, that's a wasted pick. Um, that's somebody that doesn't want to play for us. We're trying to be too cute. We're trying to be too clever by half. And it doesn't pan out. But then you kind of hear through the grapevine that, no, she really wanted to come. And there were some issues with the visas and, and things like that, that, that came through now. So I kind of, you know, we talk about grading the team on the curve. I think that the expansion draft, it's almost a little bit like, you know, in uh, JOC, we trust that we just need to have faith that they were respecting those wishes that, um, you know, for players that we may look at and say, why did you pick that player? Why did you not pick that player? that there were some things going on behind the scenes that, for great reasons, we didn't know about. But I will give them – I will say that, that, by and large, I'm super fired up with the players we got for two reasons. Number one, now, I went to Oklahoma State, so I am a huge uh, Adriana Franch fan. I'm like, she's the greatest uh, soccer player ever to come out of our school. She was available. Why did we not draft her? Well, we drafted Michelle Betos, who – ended up just playing a tremendous part in building the culture, setting the foundation for this team going forward. Now we may talk about her a little bit later, but I think she was just unqualified, a fantastic pick. And then, oh my gosh, CC Kaiser, what a revelation she was. I mean, uh, that's a player that nobody I think really thought, uh, wow, she's going to make an impact. And she came in here and she, it didn't matter where we put her. If we would have put her in a goal lead, she would have scored goals. She was fantastic. She took the opportunity that we gave her and she ran with it. So I look at Beato's. I look at CC uh, Cece Kaiser and I say, you know what, we got some quality starters out of this expansion draft, you know, and I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to criticize them for being too clever with some of their, you know, expansion picks. I'm gonna be happy with who with who we've got and 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 uh, keep
3: moving forward. Yeah, I've, i always liked the idea of us building the stars of tomorrow rather than just in, inheriting the big names. So in some way, I think I'm probably the minority here. I was kind of happy we didn't have any mega names come here and, and overshadow the rest of the team. I don't think they would have done that intentionally, but just their presence would have been like that. And I and I just, I don't know, I like the idea of that, but I understand why the team might want to have, wanted some of those other names to, to have made a, an appearance on the team.
1: I mean, and you look at a team like Orlando when they – were the expansion team and they, they did go after the big names. That was their entire plan. And they sort of had to sell the future of the team to, to get the big names and it, it has hurt them for, for years. They've not been able to really build there. And so I do, I do agree that it's probably a smarter long-term strategy to maybe avoid spending the costs you need for those big names and, and build the core of the team first. Mm-hmm.
5: I, I agree with that entirely, actually. And that's one reason that I was kind of annoyed that we did take rights to some yeah. bigger names that ultimately didn't pan out because you now I'm all for building a team without a superstar presence because that just throws off the chemistry and the energy because someone is going to be treated apart whether they want to or, or mean to or not. Um, you know, If you're an Alex Morgan, you're just at a different level. If you're a Megan Rapinoe, you're just at a different level and that is absolutely no shade on them um but you want a team i mean i think that the smartest thing they did that every single player i've interviewed has said ad nauseum, um even ones that have had some criticisms of the club is that they love their fellow teammates and that they were selected to have very similar personalities and that they all are the same age and that has helped so much you know there's a few outliers but for the most part, they're at the same age, they're their the same time of their lives, they're at the same time of their careers, and that has really helped them bond very quickly. And so that, that was very smart.
4: What I think to build on that too, when you bring in that core, you're able to establish the team values, what you want that team to be, the focus for the team. Whereas if you have a superstar coming in, you're not gonna be able to build that core like we were able to. Now, if a superstar comes in, this is who we are. This is how we play. This is what you need to fit, not be over here doing your own thing. I think now they have to fit the mold that we've created.
3: Yeah. And I think you, that's a good point. And I, I value your opinion there, because I mean, you have experience playing a competitive level in the collegiate ranks and there's just, there's just things like you, you probably have experienced that we as fans just don't understand the whole locker room chemistry element. Like we can talk about we, where it exists, but it's probably different. Like, knowing it and being a part of it and seeing it like play out on the pitch.
4: Oh, 100%. And, you know, we have, I have played on teams where we have had those superstar players that have stood out and, you know, it does create a little bit of issues in the locker room. I had a player who played above me and I was teaching her how to play and how to do what the coach wanted her to do. So instead of playing me, the coach wanted to play her because she had the bigger name. And so completely understand that and it was so frustrating and I love her as a person but like when we were on the field I was so upset because I'm having to teach her how to play when you know just because of the name thing so it does create rifts in the locker room and it does create issues off the field that do affect you know the style of play the mentality going into games and stuff and so being able to establish and build a core where everyone's on the same page everyone's locked in they bought into the mission it's wonderful.
2: So I don't need to uh, commandeer here for, for me, Ben, but I have a question for Casey because I, you know, I will probably never have a conversation with Casey again because you were a soccer superstar. So we're talking about superstars and roster building, but um, after this season, like we have a superstar on the roster. Uh, I call her the franchise, franchise Emily Fox. Um, I think we all saw her develop a ton this last season. Uh, At the beginning of the season, typical rookie, a little, uh, I don't want to say unsure, but maybe not as much confidence as she showed at the end of the season, but just talent. I mean, just incredible amount of talent. Uh, I think that we'll see her assert herself to the extent that her talent allows her, which like I said, I think she's the franchise of this team. So my question to you would be, You know, we've built this great chemistry in the locker room, um, which has been very, as as Ben said, very blue collar. How does that locker room react to the emergence of a superstar like we have on this roster?
4: Well, I think Emily Fox is a really special player, not just in her ability on the field, but just in her mentality and her work ethic. She has completely busted her butt this entire season played any position that they needed and so she's a little bit different than other U.S. national like current U.S. national team players now will she become maybe like those players that are a little stuck up maybe I don't know it's hard to tell but I think her mentality is that her work ethic is the top priority she's gonna go out there and bust her butt every single game and so I think The difference is she's already bought into this team mentality. She's already a part of this group. She has earned the respect of the players and she respects her teammates too. And so I hope she emerges as a star. And I think as she does, her teammates are only gonna support her and help build her up. And I don't see her becoming too cocky or too all up in her head that I'm this great player. Everyone needs to bow down to me. I think she's a great blue collar work hard Workhorse, going to go in, do what the team needs, and give it her best effort every time.
3: Do you you think that she's like, I mean, obviously probably going to become a a relatively big name. Do you think she is going to develop like a leadership capacity where she might be wearing the captain's armband?
4: See, that I don't know because the best player doesn't have to be the captain on the team. And I think that's where some people get confused. Sometimes the best player isn't the best leader and they lead Mm -hmm. through their actions. And you need somebody like Michelle Bedos or Savannah McCaskill who have a little more voice presence out there than somebody like Emily Fox. Do I think maybe it could happen? Potentially. I don't know her personally, so it's hard to know how she is as a person. Is she a big leader? How was she, you know, at North Carolina, was she one of the leaders there or did they have other leaders on the field? So I'm, I think she's going to be more of a player that leads through actions and maybe not necessarily a captain. I think that there are other members of the team who would be a little Mm -hmm. bit more of a leader captain wise than maybe Emily Fox.
2: That's fair. Captain or not, she's the franchise, franchise Fox.
4: Get her on a billboard. Get her on a billboard. Come on. mobile. (laughs)
1: at <laughs> right, the right, uh, very you, least I'll, report on it when she's player of the game for the national team <laughs> <laughs> i'll
2: tell you life. like i'm sitting here waiting to buy a car for whoever whatever dealership has her as uh, their spokesperson come buy a toyota get an autograph for emily fox like i'm i'm, I'm my credit's good come on guys sign <laughs> her up get, as a sponsor
3: man, don't get me started on the whole like the journalism piece and the and the coverage of of the teams. You know, I, I mean obviously got a lot of attention and, and and I was excited for her, but there were other other players too and a lot of other good things happening. And it just, it's just overall disappointed on that front. There was some good reporting, but there's other outlets that uh so I'm gonna get off my soapbox you no know, I'm here I, to get I get, I get, every, fired, I get, get fired, fired up on been. that topic. yeah I get fired up on that topic. Let's pivot. Zach, I believe we went to cover some uh some superlatives. Did you want to,
1: you want to kick us off? Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's build up. Let's, let's save the big one for last. So I I think who was, who is everyone's most improved player over the course of the season? Who, who do you think improved their play either from last year or over the course of this year? The most. Oh, I, I, think now, I
5: definitely think it's Freya Olsen because she had never played as a six in her entire career and then suddenly came in and played as a six uh, after being an eight the whole time and had to adjust to that on the fly as a regular starter and I think that she did a great job with that and I, I think there's no question in my mind that she's the most improved because of that.
4: I 1000% agree with you. Freya, Freya, Freya Olafsen. at the beginning. And you could see how she was calculating her thoughts and her passes and her touches out on the field. And it slowed her down. And I was like, why are they playing her here? This is not like, there are other, we have to have other players that could play here for this play instead of Freya. But as the season went on, you felt her, get more comfortable you saw her ease into the game a little bit more she got out of her head and she was like a totally new player at the end of the season and it's been so fun to watch her journey throughout this season but she is by far the most improved player on the team
2: so Casey you 1000% agreed with Becky and I am going to 1000% disagree with both of you and this is no disrespect to Freya Um, I've told the story before that uh, you know I'm a season ticket holder. I love it. And Freya, when she walks from the tunnel onto the field, she looks like an MMA fighter. She has such intensity. She's like moving her neck from back to back and forth. She looks tough. She looks like she's going to tear someone's head off. I saw her and I I turned to my wife and I said, if we ever see her in public in Louisville, I'm not going to ask her for a selfie. She is tremendous in my brain. I call her the Terminator. She is awesome. Nothing but love for Freya Olofsson. But for me, the most improved player is the franchise. I mean, you go from somebody that started off as a rookie that was feeling out the game. Maybe, you know, had I don't want to say put it on her to say like there were confidence issues, but, you know, can i play in this league the toughest league in the world am i good enough you know showed a ton of respect to players that um, that maybe didn't deserve as much respect as she showed them and towards the end of the year i mean you just watched her grow and you turn you went from somebody that was a solid player somebody that would start in any team uh, in the nwsl at the beginning of the season to somebody that at the end of the season Was just an utter superstar that other teams needed to game plan against that shut down one fourth of the field when she uh, when she I know that we had talked about earlier on like what was your favorite part of the you know what was something uh, highlight of the year. I got to tell you, you know, there, and I'll tell you my moment in a second, but I got to tell you, it, for me, it was every, every game that just at some point randomly, when she took off with the ball upfield, she put every single midfielder that she saw uh, on defense on, in, on skates and she went past them like they were standing still. And it, it was just a joy to watch. So, I mean, am I biased? Like a hundred percent. But for me, just Fox Grow. I mean, most improved player, um, I would say, for me, but not by far. Uh, no disrespect to Freya the Terminator Olsen, but, but I loved watching her improve this year.
1: Tom, can I just say I admire your commitment to trying to make the franchise happen on this podcast? <laughs> I think we haven't, we haven't started enough nicknames this year. I'm, I'm Tom is going to do with him. This,
5: he's going to make one for every single player by the end of the podcast.
2: I, you know, I appreciate that. You know what, Zach? Thanks for, uh, thanks for acknowledging that. I feel as <laughs> though uh, I think it's going to take off. I mean, Franchise Fox. I had emailed uh, Becky uh, before this, and I said, like, hey, um, her last name is Fox, maybe Special FX. And Becky was like, no, Tom, that's horrible. Don't do that. So, you know, I feel that the franchise works. You've got a little alliteration there and uh, it makes sense. Her talent uh, deserves it. So, but I, thanks. Yeah, let's, let's make it happen. Franchise.
3: Uh, We'll get it. We'll get it trending on Twitter or something.
1: (laughs) I know we've already mentioned her, but I'll just throw out there since uh, she didn't get named. If I were picking this one, I think CC is probably mine. And I, I think, she had a great season from start to finish so i don't think it was necessarily improvement over the course of the season but i think if you compare this year to last year she's taken a, a huge leap um and and yeah i think she had a, a great year um so i guess a, a another superlative for everybody um who on the squad was your biggest surprise this year? And I'll add, you guys are pretty positive people. So you I probably, we probably won't get any, but positive or negative surprise.
4: I think for me, it was Michelle Betos. Um, when they drafted her, I thought they were going to different direction with the goalkeeper, but I was like, Oh, you know, she has experience. She's a little bit older I bet they're just trying to bring in somebody to kind of help, you know, get a young keeper and help her grow so that way they can be the starter. But I never expected the performance from Michelle Betos that we got. She, she was absolutely incredible this season and was so reliable back there. I think she was my biggest surprise just with how talented she is and how hard she worked. And some of the saves that she made were just unreal.
3: And the quantity, too.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's making me sad. <laughs> I
5: know.
1: <laughs> Especially early on, she had lots of opportunities.
5: I Not, not to riff on that completely, but I actually, I, I think that's a great answer, and I, I actually have to say Katie Lund was kind of my biggest surprise, because... I mean, I guess I have two players, Katie Lund and CeCe Kaiser, because who really expected in that first game? I certainly didn't that racing would come out in the Challenge Cup, score the first goal, and I didn't expect it to be CeCe Kaiser. maybe Uthier or or Savannah or someone like that. So that was a huge surprise to me. And then she maintained that level and and did really well throughout the whole thing. But Katie Lund, completely unproven, had never gotten professional minutes, and then has that absolutely bananas women's cup vinyl against Bayern. i mean not against like a random team like a, a major champions league team and that wasn't a fluke because every other time she played and started she did incredibly well so i mean she is another player who just kind of came right in and was pro ready i mean yes she did have a season of practicing and everything or whatever 2020 was in the nwsl with the spirit i mean, she wasn't a rookie but for a keeper getting her first professional minutes her confidence and her immediate command and power there like she's not just shrinking back there she's clearly talking to players and communicating and doing stuff and so i I think that really surprised me
2: oh man Um, you're gonna
5: say it's it's emily fox aren't
2: you franchise was (laughs) just awesome but this is such a tough question because, you know, one of, the, one of the things that we all enjoyed this year is that each player was their own surprise. I mean, as each of you are talking, I'm going through my head and I'm like, Gemma Bonner was awesome. I didn't know anything about her. And now I'm like, I love her. Uh, Freya was fantastic. Um, but I keep going back to a time what, before the very first game. I'm standing in line for the security and behind me, there were some, uh, some older adults, and they were rocking some old Miss game. <laughs> And they could not have been talking more loudly about their daughter on this team. And they were talking about our daughter's playing. And, and, and in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, I think that's CeCe Kaiser, but I'm not sure. And I knew who she was, but I... I didn't know if, you know, is she going to be on the bench today? Is this going to be an embarrassing uh, thing? But they were just loud, proud parents. And our daughter's playing. And we went to Ole Miss. And we're up for the game. And then for her to score that very first goal, I was like, oh, I should have said something to those parents because their daughter is awesome. You look at CC Kaiser and she looks like a stiff wind would blow her down. You put her on a field and it doesn't matter how many elbows she gets in her back. It doesn't matter how many people kick her in the shins. It doesn't matter how many weak tackles or hard tackles or illegal tackles. You're not getting her off the ball. She's a revelation this year, and she was so awesome to watch. Um, I didn't expect it from her. You don't look at her. I didn't know anything. I was like, oh, Houston – uh, made her available in Houston's average. Um, so how you know what do you expect, but she played great. Cece Kaiser was just so much fun this year. It didn't matter where we played her, she was scoring goals when our offense was completely anemic. She would make a run, she would make that through, she would make that that pass that through ball that that gave us the opportunity. Um, I mean, like seriously, to um. The folks on this call, and you know whoever's listening, it's like my big fear is that she's not protected because we know like franchise going to get protected. You know, Katie Long probably going to get protected. Like they got to protect her. Like we can't. She is an in her prime. NWSL. There aren't many of those around. Not many on this team. We got to keep her. So uh, she was my most improved to the, or my biggest surprise this year, and I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that we see her, uh, in the purple, in the lilies for years
3: and years to come. She, uh, she certainly immortalized herself, get earning that first goal. She'll be ever, uh, she'll forever be a trivia fact within racing, uh, racing
1: culture for that one. And I feel like I should mention, uh, when we were talking before we talked about how the team doesn't have any superstars yet. And, And I want to mention, because it relates to my biggest surprise and because she is the type of person that would hunt me down on Twitter and call me out for for not mentioning it, there is a superstar on the team uh, because they signed Nadia Nadeem mid-year. And that was like my big surprise for the year. I I think I was not expecting a player uh, of that caliber with that big of name to to just sign with the team straight up mid-season. Um, and I think while she was healthy this year, she was incredible. And, and on
3: top of that, she's very like, committed to the team, to the project. Like she wants like to see it through and I think that's a really cool thing as well. It's one thing for a, for a big name to come. but for them to want to stick around even through the adversity and, yeah. and help make things better, like that's that's pretty cool.
1: Protect me or don't protect me. I ain't leaving. <laughs> oh
3: She's gonna drag us
5: to a championship whether we want it or not. like, we're not going to have a choice. She is so determined to have us succeed.
3: You gotta love that fight.
1: <laughs> All right, so I think we're ready for the big one. So, uh, the, who, who was everyone's player of the year 2011 Racing Louisville inaugural season?
4: Well, the for toughie. me, it was a toss-up. I really couldn't decide between CeCe Kaiser or Emily Fox. I think both of those players really stepped up to the plate. Both of them played in multiple positions throughout the season, and both of them were extremely successful in any position that they were at on the field. They were a joy to watch. They're both wonderful people. And so I really couldn't decide one or the other. It's kind of like the offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year. I guess I could do it that way. Does that count?
3: That's fair. We'll take it.
4: Okay, good. I'll allow it.
5: <laughs> I, I think, in terms of who is the best player, it's unquestionably Emily Fox. Um, in terms of just skill and, and what she was able to add to the team. But I have to say, Michelle Betis is my player of the year. I mean, even though I think her performance did dip towards the end of the season and I mean that didn't help at the very end I she came out full force for the team all every second you know always defending it always supporting it always reminding people what we have and she also just put in a, a a heck of a performance, I'm trying not to curse for once in my life, uh, a really incredible performance in in the net. Um, I do understand the decision to move on to Katie Lund and I, I do actually think it was the right decision, but for what Michelle gave us in that first year, it was exactly what we needed. It was the veteran credit's we needed and everything Casey said earlier about her that I, I there's no one else that I can give player of the year to beyond besides michelle dados
1: she pretty much single-handedly dragged the team through that first third of the season oh, oh my yeah. god
5: can you imagine how bad it would have been if we didn't get those saves we would have had like a goal <laughs> differential of like negative 30
1: yeah it would have been something
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> math is really hard that's uh that's tough i boy i, I go back and forth because um my first thought, and um, you know, shout out to uh, Michael Shaw, FloridaLead.com. He wrote a season recap that was straight from my heart. You know, talking about the uh, Michelle Bedos and the fact that you know, when you are trying to grow a fan base, when you're trying to establish something, that there's a difference between a 2-1 loss, a 1-0 loss, and a 5-0 loss. And Michelle Beatos was the reason for that. You know, I look at uh, my wife, who, not a soccer fan, who I dragged, um, you know, at the beginning as season ticket holder. And early on, she could tell that there was something special going on with Michelle this year. Um, you know, when the news came out that, that uh, you know, we we're parting away, she's like, Brickwell Betos is gone? I mean, she was special to this team this year. Um, now, two things can be true at the same time, even if they're tough, you know, that, uh, you know, just like Becky said, that the, the, uh, you know, the team decided that, you know, and we don't know whether it was going to be an open competition, whether they were going to focus on Katie going forward. Um, but, I was, but Michelle's a pro. She's a professional athlete. As much as we love her and we th- and, and she's ours and she will always have a special place in her heart, you know, she wants to go where she can start. She's a starting quality um, goalie. If you are a team in a rebuilding state, either North Carolina, or Orlando, if you are not calling her agent, then you are doing your job. Um, so yeah, I think that as much as I want to give it to CeCe Kaiser's goals, uh, because CeCe Kaiser was awesome this year, I think I'm going to go with my heart and go with uh Brick She was special this year. I mean, we'll, you know, God willing, we all look back in twenty years at some of those uh, saves and and thinking back to, you know, what she did and like that was that was awesome. I mean, she, you know, I hope that she is proud of the work she did this year on and off the field, um, and that if and when this team achieves what we all wanted to achieve, that wherever she is in life, that she looks back with a little bit of pride because if we achieve anything positive going forward, you know, she will have been a part of it, whether she was uh, on the field or not.
3: Yeah, she was the foundation and made a big impact in a, in a short time. And, and I, I kind of agree with everything you guys have said. Like, I think she was was, was integral you know, on and off the pitch. For for the team, but I also understand the reasons to uh, to to move on. You know, it sucks things that have to play out this way, and I don't envy the decision makers in, in that one. But uh, but she was a very important piece this year. No beating around that.
1: And I I do want to give the the team a little bit of props for. I, they could have just left her unprotected in the expansion draft, and and had like a player that maybe wasn't going to be here next year taken, but I, I think it was, it, it was nice that they gave her the option to choose where she's going rather than have it chosen for her.
3: Yeah. A lot of, uh... no, that's an excellent
2: point. And that's something that, you know, as much as we can, you know, uh, criticize and rightfully criticize the team sometimes as far as, you know, things they've done or haven't done with the players, you know, they did right by her now if she gets on twitter and is like racing was horrible i will be like yes i believe a thousand percent but until she does that um i think that they they tried to do right by her
3: yeah a lot of the uh a lot of the people on twitter didn't want to seem to read the uh the full press release and understand kind of what was shared about that but because that transparency was really uh really important to helping people understand you know as much as they were willing and, and able to share on that and it doesn't make it easy it, e- it doesn't make it a lot easier but it helps to digest it and process it a little bit so shout out for that one so right zach did you have any other uh superlatives or did we want to start talking about maybe some uh some uh, style formation stuff favorite yeah moments if you want to go- take
1: over and yeah
3: get into yeah. nerd stuff yeah we can do that <laughs> nerd stuff my favorite all right um so I want to get your guys' thoughts here. I mean, we obviously saw, saw the, the team evolve quite a bit. A lot of different players cycled in and out of the rotations over the course of the season. What are, what do you guys think that racing, I guess, in its current current setup, their best playing style and form, formation is? Is it something that we've seen or maybe something that we haven't fully seen yet? And, you know, obviously with coaching changes, I expect we'll see a new new permutations of players and, and set up in the future. But what are you, what are your guys thoughts just on what we do know, Casey?
4: So for me with the current players that we had and what we did this season, I liked the four, three, three look for us. I don't think we are extremely talented out on the wings besides Emily Fox. She's our only true wing player, um, our forwards. We needed outside forwards. They kept trying to cut in, but I think with who we had, that was our best formation, but moving forward. I think racing needs to play a three, five, two. And I say this because after reading the little bit on the new coach that I have, he seems to want to play a very aggressive style and he likes to commit a lot of numbers forward. So playing in that three, five, two, it would allow players to get up the field more. And I also think that that formation suits Emily Fox the best because she's going to be one of those wingers and Mm -hmm. she is so talented defensively. She is an engine she doesn't stop so she's up and down that entire field so we get her defensively and then offensively she brings so much as well so by being one of those wing players and doing the work up and back we're going to be able to utilize her so much more I think the only issue there's a few pieces that we're missing in this though we're missing another player that matches Emily Fox for the other side I don't think we have that yet and we're missing Um, Two players to go alongside Gemma Bonner. I think Gemma Bonner is the one that sits in. I would put Addison Merrick in one of those if she's healthy, but I don't know about the other position there. And so I'm thinking moving forward as we look into the draft, those would be the type of players I'd be picking up is to be able to play that three, five, two, very aggressive, lots of numbers forward style.
5: Yeah, Tom and I have actually talked, because Tom and I email each other practically every day, and we have just about racing. We're like, we want to talk about it with someone, and so <laughs> we've just been doing that, and we've talked a lot about, like, if racing's ever going to actually go to a three-back and if it's possible, and what we've always said is we just don't have the personnel to do it. I will say, though, that, I mean, Julia Ashley has been injured a lot. She's never really been able to prove herself at the pro level because she had a very, very, very serious back injury while she was with Therene. Before that, she was previously with an, a Norwegian team for a short time because she wanted to honestly dodge going to Sky Blue. But in college, she did play in 3-5-2 formations with Emily Fox. And so I do think that there is a chance that, you know, they could rely on that old chemistry and possibly make something work. But it's really the the defenders that I, I think are the problem. I like Kaylee Real. I think she's very quietly strong, but I, I still just I don't know if we we have who we need to, to play in that formation, but I would like to see it someday.
2: You know, formations, I will, I will admit that, uh, and Becky could, you know, she mentioned that we email all the time about racing. Uh, she will tell you that uh, formation, not my strong suit, but here's my thought. One is that you got to play on Addie Merrick coming back healthy. And so there you've got two people. I love Kaylee Real. She bodies up um, offensive, you know, forwards coming into the box with just passion, and I love it. You do not have an easy day when you play racing, and that's because Kaylee Real has an elbow in your back, and it's awesome to watch. Here's my question, though, and I'll kind of put this out there to to everybody. You know, I think that there is a general feeling that racing could use a little midfield help. And we look at the draft, and we look at uh, Jaden Howe and say, that is the answer to our prayers, but what if it's Jerma, what if we end up five years from now, getting her, we put Germa next to Jemma uh, Bonner, who's awesome, who you think I've got uh, feelings on Franchise Fox, oh my gosh, G- give me about four hours to uh, talk about Jemma Bonner, Jerma um, uh, uh, Bonner and uh, Addie Merrick, That's three solid athletic backs. I don't know. What do y'all think? Is that something that, I mean, does that play in this league?
1: I think we're lucky to be in a position where we we get two of the top four draft picks. So I think we definitely can. we'll, We'll most likely be able to address midfield and defense with very high picks this season.
3: Yeah, and I, you know, honestly, I kind of forgot about ask America and how like she how integral she probably was going to be within the plans and how highly she thought of, and we really like, we really didn't get her at all. And you know, you you can play that what if game in your head, think like how could the season have been different if if she was healthy, like what what could have happened? So it's going to be really exciting. I'm hoping that she comes back healthy and strong for next season, and that we get to really see her in action because, you know, we might. <laughs> You know that might uh, might add a little bit of revisionist history to to some of our perceptions on the on our inaugural roster construction like realizing how big a component it is because i think there's probably some people that maybe that fully isn't clicked of and i'll put myself in that in that camp because I, I i still don't think i fully comprehend what she could or will bring to the table
1: she played so good in the like 60 minutes we got to see her this year <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's such a small yeah such a small sample size you know who know that could have been just that could have been the basement could have just just all up from there
5: yeah she was coming back from a mate from a broken back during those <sighs> minutes so i mean i think she has an incredibly high ceiling i think she could really be incredible just knock on wood she i mean there's a reason she was picked first and we had like promo videos of her coming to the stadium for the first time they thought she was going to be an absolutely critical part on this team. And I hope she will be in the future. So.
3: It's a shame. So, all right. Well, um, kind of, kind of curious about this one. I want to hear what some your guys either favorite moments or moments were throughout the course of the season. I mean, I think, you know, you know, while our, you know, we didn't obviously crush the league or anything. I still think there are a lot of really cool, memorable moments that, that came out of year one Casey, what, what sticks out to you?
4: So my top three favorite moments, I would have to say winning the Women's Cup. Obviously, that was absolutely incredible. It was such a fun environment. Never imagined that was going to happen. I was just happy, you know, that these teams were coming to play and I was going to get to watch them. I never imagined that racing would be the winner. So it was just like icing on the cake. Um, That knocking Orlando out of the playoffs is number two because they had such a star-studded You know team they came in like all cocky and everything like they're the best which with the players they should be and then the fact that we just completely crushed them was incredible. And my number one moment though was when Amina scored against uh, Washington spirit it was the home opener for the season, and she was on that right side cut it back bent it in with her left foot, it was such a cool moment because I've known Amina for years. Uh, She's really good friends with my sister. They played at Manual together. They played at UofL together. So I know her extremely well. And so to see her have that moment and to like see her parents who are right down from us and just how happy they were, it was really special.
3: It was a great goal. It was a great goal. goal. It was. Becky, what stands out to you?
5: Oh, it's so hard to pick um I mean I think the the women's cup is is definitely one but Ebony Salmon's first goal was was so incredible too I mean she barely even got on the field when she she scored not just a goal like not just a gimme or anything like that but I mean she fought through those defenders with you know her cutback, and and just that was just an incredible goal to watch happen in in front of you so I, I thought that was just incredibly special And I mean, the the very first game, I've followed NWSL for a very long time and I've never been to a game before. I've never had the opportunity to attend one before. I had no idea what to expect and and what it was going to be like. And I mean, that, that game had everything, including absolutely torrential rain that was freezing and actually made me a little sick afterwards. But it was so incredibly exciting that first goal you know like oh my god racing I've been waiting for them forever and they just scored their first goal and it was a great goal and it was a first goal and it was unexpected and then Brooks equalizer was incredible I mean that's still one of the high points I think I will ever have watching watching soccer I, I don't think I think just the the sense of being in a crowd again for the first time you know for a very long time because of the pandemic too I mean there's so that's many layers to why that game is so emotional. And I've gone back and watched it probably like 15 times. Like if you look at like the ratings on Paramount Plus, it's probably 90% me. Um, <laughs> because it, it is so-, thank so Expected. They, the <laughs> they need the clicks. They oh, need
2: the clicks, so thanks
3: for doing that. Keeping them afloat.
5: Yeah, and I those, those are the, the things that really stick out to me besides the Women's Cup. Because again, the Women's Cup was just so unexpected. But for a very small, small, small moment, that stuck out to me is during the Houston game where we just got killed at home and we lost four to zero or zero to four and it was everybody was just despondent afterwards like the players I'm in the front row they were all kind of near me I mean they were like crying they were so frustrated and angry and we basically lost our playoffs throughout that entire game Freya Olsen was the only one who was going around and clapping and saying, come on racing. We got this. Like we can do this. Come on guys. Let's go. Let's go. And she kept the energy up and she never stopped cheering on her teammates. And that really stuck out to me because I think one thing that racing has had a little trouble with is communication on the field. Like they're, they're young and they're not sure exactly how to talk to each other. And they don't want to be like, do this instead or I want this done you know they're not they I think they got to that point by the end of the season but they had a little hard time talking to each other but Freya never did from what I saw and I just really appreciated that spirit that she continued to bring to the team and that just the stadium was almost silent but you could still hear her clapping and cheering and saying let's go racing come on guys let's go we got this and and I thought that was really special
1: is super
2: special and it, it's it's especially special because you don't usually associate a terminator robot with having a lot of emotion but I, you know listening to casey and listening to becky you know it's i'm just struck by like how freaking lucky we are to have this team i mean there have been things in the last you know year in the last week in the last few days that make you think oh my god this league this team what's going on but it is such a joy they give us so much it is so much fun to be a racing fan and it's tough to keep that in perspective sometimes um you know especially like oh you're you're not uh you know you're keeping whatever player hostage or who wants no i mean don't listen to that. This team was fun. Everything they did was just so much fun. Um, my moment and uh, I thank Zach for saying this earlier because uh, I haven't mentioned this and this at all, but but Becky can uh, you know uh, confirm that like I am a huge Nadia and fan. I mean, I think that you know, I think that in some ways Nadia Nadeem proves that evolution is a thing because you know we all like like she's just better than an average person she's smarter she's a better athlete it's nothing against the rest of us but like she's just the next step of humanity and we really not fair (laughs) yeah i mean it's like no she she's just better in every way and we should be happy because there are people like that in our species that will pull us along with her um and so she has just been I mean, it's just been, uh, you know, a pinch yourself moment that we get to have on our team somebody like that. Like, how cool is it? Um, So my number one moment is the uh, September 4th game against the Rain. We had family in town. We did the uh, march to the match. You know, it was a thin march to the match, you know, not as many folks. But my little nephew uh, carried the flag. We cheered. It was a little rainy. We were, it was cold. And Nani and Nadim scored a goal after I had spent four hours talking to them. And I'm like, super uncool uncle. And they're like, all right, Uncle Tom, fine, whatever. It's like, I'm like, no, really, Nani and Nadim is the coolest thing ever in humanity. And they're like, whatever, let's just go play cornhole. Um, and she scored that goal in the rain. And the light show went off. And it was just Cool. It was a moment, and it was just one of those things where you know everything that I had told them. I'm like, she's special. This team is special. This experience of going to a game is special, and it, it and it paid off. And it never it doesn't have to when you go to a live sporting event, but it was just an awesome time. And I don't know. I will. Uh, Nadia Nadim is cool. She can score all the goals. I don't know. That was an awesome, awesome moment for me for my family. It was just tremendous.
4: How about that light show shout out though? That light show was so cool. It was so cool.
1: <laughs> you had to bring it out so early too. Start the th- season off. There
3: you go, Zach. we haven't talked about this. What's your favorite moment?
1: So I will mention the what I want. What I was going to mention already got brought up, but it's Katie Lund making the save and then scoring the goal to in the women's cup uh this is my favorite like moment moment because it's just it's so it, i always i love players in professional sports who have a specific job being forced to do something outside of that and so i i always love in in penalty kicks when it gets around to the keeper and you you get to see the keeper take a kick and to have that be be the what won the whole tournament was just perfect but since it didn't get mentioned i'll bring up uh, my favorite game of the season i think um was that away at chicago early on in the season the game in the monsoon where it was just Uh, pouring down the whole game and like racing had won games before that, but it they were games that honestly it felt like Betos kind of kept them in, and and they were able to you know squeak out a win. But that that game away at the Chicago was the first time for me it felt like the team just beat a team like straight up was the better team from start to finish that game. I think it's three nothing, um, and that was just a fun game.
3: Yeah, that was I, I kind of forgot about that one, but that's a really good call out. Um, my, uh, my moment, it's, it's really obvious. And it's really no brainer. It's when I got to meet Gorp during the season. Uh, he was fun. It was awesome. No, but, but seriously, my, is that, that first match, and Becky, you talked about it. Brooks equalizer there at, at, at the end. Like, I, I don't want to say I was dejected, but it was kind of one of those things. Like, it's like, we're playing out the, like, blast, like, it felt like a few seconds of that match and i'm like dang we lost like that's that's that sucks i mean i had these thoughts all my head and then all of a sudden the goal and then the the light show that ensued because that's before they like really fine tune it so it was like extra like prominent and just the whole atmosphere and like all the other stuff you talked about becky like you know being actually being around people for the first time it was like it was the like first match it's just like what a like what a perfect moment and i know i i I throw those uh, gifs out there of, of that moment whenever whenever I get the chance on on Twitter because it's just so cool and it's still one of my my top moments in the Family Stadium and it probably will stay up there for for quite a while very cool. So All right, well, um those were most of the questions I had from from the past season. I didn't know if you guys want to have an opportunity to to talk a little bit about some of the recent news. We we know who will not be on on the team this season, next season, at least some of the players that will not be, and we uh, we got a new coach. Heads up, so uh, so Casey, kind of wonder some of your your thoughts around all that recent news has gotten everybody riled up.
4: It is really sad to see a lot of these players go. There are some names that were familiar faces uh, out there for us. So it's sad to see them go, but I'm really glad that Racing handled it the way they did with releasing them and not just kind of not protecting them and letting them kind of choose their path on what they wanted to do. I am very excited with the four players that we have signed back with Lauren Millay. I think she is wonderful she is all over the place and just a ball of energy Freya Olofsson I think we are just scratching the surface with what all she's going to be able to do for us I'm excited to continue to see her develop I love Taylor Otto I think she is going to be a huge player for us I think she could be that key defensive mid that we are needing that we're missing absolutely love her and then Savannah McCaskill just. The Energizer Bunny is what I call her because she just doesn't stop. She runs all over the entire field. So I'm excited to have her back and her leadership back with the coach. Don't know a whole lot about him, but from what I've read since getting off work to now, I've been pretty impressed. He has obviously um had some great success he likes to win he's a, capable of winning in multiple different leagues on multiple continents so it's cool to bring that here um I think the style of play that he's going to want to play which is aggressive style committing more numbers forward fits what I like to play so I'm excited to see that because I'm very attacking minded don't really like defense that much and if you knew me as a player you knew I didn't like playing defense that much it was like a <laughs> running joke so I'm really excited to have some more attacking style play. And the coolest part, though, is that the players were so involved in the selection process. I think the fact that they kind of got a say in who they wanted, they got to meet the coach beforehand, talk it out with him, and to see their excitement in the video that they posted kind of announcing it was really cool. So I am going to give them the bit of the doubt, be extremely optimistic, and think it's going to be great. And I hope it's going to be great.
3: I'm, I'm glad that they've given us plenty of time to learn how to pronounce his name before the season actually starts.
4: I literally Googled <laughs> how to say it before this and it was like Bjorka Grin or yeah. something like yeah, that. and I was going to give somebody a okay. word to being the <laughs> first <laughs> one
1: brave enough to try to pronounce it. <laughs> Coach
3: Kim. Well, yeah. I
4: literally Googled it because I was like, well, normally like I get the, the packet and it has the pronunciation guide and I'm able to kind of see how to do it. And I literally, like when I write out you know the lineups i don't write how to their last name spelled i write how to say it and sometimes i like make up my own way to say it like spelling wise and so i was like listening to the youtube video and i was like okay how is how am i supposed to write this down but re- bjorka re- grain is what i got
1: i really enjoyed his little pronunciation tip video i, I liked when anybody all, caught that online i liked when all the
3: players tried to say it at once oh and it was just like <laughs> <laughs> i don't blame them at all but it was funny and i and i appreciate it we i wouldn't do any better
5: no i i wouldn't either and i i like him i like what i've seen of him i i could only sit in during the press conference i couldn't actually participate in it because i was sneaking it during work i hope no one at uk libraries <laughs> listens to this hears that but um yeah I, I he seems to have the right mindset i